Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you that we can come to you and open our Bibles and know that you will speak to us. Holy Spirit, we, we depend on you. We need you. The, the, the preacher needs you. The congregation needs you. So open our eyes to see the glories of Christ in Scripture so we can be transformed by his glory. In your name we pray. Amen. The Latin urban rapper, Almighty, it's like P. Diddy in Spanish, <laughs> wants to open a church. The singer that declares that he has converted to Christianism intend to partner with other rappers like Daddy Yankee of Despacito to start a church. He wants to bless others as he has been blessed. Maybe he has good, good intentions, but historically, putting people that are just new believers just because they're famous has hurt the church. The Word of God talks about the qualifications of a, of a preacher, of a pastor, and one of them is not to be a new convert. And what is happening is the act of preaching has not been taken seriously. Different things have come to influence the church and has diminished the importance and the supremacy of the act of preaching in the life of the believers. Maybe there's different reasons that we show that we have devaluated the preaching out. That shows when we are having conversations, casual conversations, during a sermon. And let me tell you, from here, we can see it. Maybe we're looking at our iPhone, and it's not, we're not looking at Scripture. We're looking at, and that happens more in my church at 3 p.m. They're looking at the Redskins game. But don't be self-righteous. Maybe you will do it if your service will be at 3 p.m. <laughs> Maybe we say, let's have a drama instead of a sermon on Sunday so we can reach out to more people. Uh, maybe it's that, that a rapper can start preaching to, to the Word of God. Maybe it's our posture as we come to listen to God's Word. And also, this is maybe more at 3 p.m., we start sleeping in the middle of a sermon. Second Timothy 4, 1-5 is giving us a divine charge to pastors. And I think it has a great uh, implication to the local church. The highest stakes are in view in this passage. Have implications for the preachers, but has also implications for the ones listening to the sermon. Both the preacher and the church needs to open their eyes to the reality that when the word of God is being preached, we are in the presence of God. Amen. So let's read the word of God. Second Timothy 4, 1 to 5. And now that I'm 44 years old, I have to use one of these. <laughs> and I know I look younger, but you know. <laughs> this is the word of God. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his, and his kingdom. Preach the word. 
Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will tear away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering to do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministries. This is the word of our God. For those who are parents, especially of teenagers or older, think the first time you send your kids on their own. Maybe it's the first time they were driving their car by themselves. Maybe it's the first time they were going out with a group of friends. And think about what happened. Many times parents get many instructions before the kids get out of their house. But they always leave the most important one for the end. When the kid is about to enter the car or when the kid is about to leave the door, there's some important instructions that parents give to their kids when they're leaving in such situations. If you have a spacey kid, maybe you told them, look when you're crossing the street. Make sure to look both ways. Don't drink anything that you did not see when it was served. I remember my mom telling me that all the time. Don't stop at red lights after midnight. That's in Puerto Rico. In Montgomery County, you need to stop. <laughs> but in Puerto Rico, you, you're better driving off. <laughs> Remember to be matched, you know, when you're dressing. Some, some kids, you know, uh, my kid, man, he's, he doesn't have a sense of fashion. I remember this one. This one is disturbing. When you're going to the doctor, hopefully Dr. May appreciate this one. My mom will always tell me, put clean underwear. (laughs) Paul is giving his last instructions to Timothy. Oh, if you read the next couple of verses after that is, Paul is about to die. He knows The end is coming. He knows death is knocking at the door. And he wants his disciple to finish the race, to come to the end. And he wants all of us to finish the race. He's giving us instructions on how to get to the finish line. Because at the end, that's what we want. We want to be faithful, but we want to be faithful to the end. For that day that we will be in front of our Savior, we can enter the kingdom. So Paul is reminding him to be faithful. And in the midst of that, in the midst of the last instructions, he's telling him, preach the word. This is the most important thing. You can do many things. Remember to be faithful at preaching the word of God. He just told him in the couple of verses before that the Word of God breathes out of God. It comes out of God. It's God's giving life to His people to the Word of God. And now he's telling that Word of God that gives life, Timothy, preach it. So you and the ones who listen to you can go to the end. And brothers and sisters, if the Word of God gives life because it's breath out of God, then it's the main means of grace 
to give life to his people. Because when we are proclaiming the word of God, the presence of God is in the midst of his people to give us life. So we tend to devalue preachings and value over thi- or value other things because we don't believe or we don't remember that God is present in a special way when his people gather to listen his word to be preached. Brothers and sisters, believe that right now God is here in a special way. God is with you when you are with your Bible in the morning, having your cup of coffee. God is there. I'm not saying that. God is there when you guys get together in a Starbucks to have fellowship. But God is in a special way when his people gather every Sunday to listen to the proclamation of the word of God. And we need to come with that faith, knowing that he will meet us here. And that he will show us Christ and we will be transformed. Many times we have put our trust or our hope in transformation, in having fellowship and accountability. And that's a good means of grace. I'm not saying to run away from that. Or maybe we put hope in a book. Don't we always do that? There's a problem with us. There's a book for that. And that's a good means of grace. But brothers and sisters, we need more than anything to sit under the teaching of God's Word because God is in the midst of the, of the people of God when the Word of God is proclaimed by the, to the people of God by the ordained ministers of God. Think of modern strategies of, on church planting. Think about what people think when they thinking about planting churches. They think a good location. They think of great, like, uh, like I have a friend now that they have a smoke machine. Or like, kind of like a concert setting. We're grateful for your pastors that want to build this church on the preaching of God's Word. The main strategy for a church to have life is to be grounded in the faithful proclamation of the Word of God because He is present and He will give life to the church. When I come in, I see a community of believers that have life. And that is not because you are nice. You may be nice. But it's because you have received life to the Word of God. This is an intense passage. And I can be an intense preacher, so buckle up. There's nine imperatives. Because Paul wants to protect the church for deadly teaching. And moving away from the one thing that gives us life, which is the proclamation of God's Word. Because the Word of God is alive. We give priority to faithfully proclaiming the gospel because God is present to give us life. Point number one, the audience. Verse four, I charge you, verse one of chapter four, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Paul is telling Timothy the, the supremacy, the importance of this text. There's a weightiness. It's not something casual. It's not just tradition. This is not a feeling, so we have a service of an hour and a half. This is what we do. 
We sit under the word and the proclamation of God's word because when that is done, we are in the presence of God. That is the audience. That is the main audience. The presence of God. This is not a charge to entertain, not a charge to fill a church, not a charge to be relevant. It's a charge to be faithful because when we're doing this, we are in front of our God. It's to be a herald. And it's to be a herald in front of the presence of God. We preach his message because we're in front of him. Oh, that has to be bring a humility when we do this task. Because he's here right now. We are in front of him. Who is to judge the living and the dead. Think about that. Right now, at this moment... As we together gather in this act, God is here and he will judge the living and the dead. So think about that when you come to this act. He's here and he will be the one judging the living and the, and the, and the, and the, and the dead. So, one of the things is when we are in his presence, right now we have to be with a heart of gratefulness because he could bring judgment to us right now. It would be right for him to do that because we deserve that judgment. So we don't take for granted this act that we're seeing right now. And not only we are here to, to see his word, he's here in a benevolent way to bless us. And that's only because of the function of the gospel. We can sit here and we will not be consumed. We will be blessed by God. His presence, which can be consuming fire, is here to, to build our hearts and is here to give us hope and to build His church. Glory be to our God. So when we come here, we have those categories in our, in our head and give us hope and give us a sense also of wonder and give us a sense of, of uh, seriousness of what's going on. God is here in front of us, and He could consume us, but He's here to bless us. And that's only because of Jesus Christ. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus the mediator, we can be in His presence to receive the benevolent, the blessing of God. So we come with that every Sunday. We're not here to to listen to like an educational talk. We're not here to be entertained. We're not here to gather just more knowledge. Some Reformed people, we love knowledge. Give me knowledge. We're not here to get jokes and with Larry humor, that's not what we get. <laughs> Devon has a little more game, but you know. <laughs> We're not here for that. We are here because we are going to encounter the presence of God as God's word is proclaimed. I, I encourage some of you guys, note, note takers. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, note takers, until it can be a detriment to participate in the worship aspect of receiving the word of God. 
You're here just like, give me a class. I just want to know everything down. And no are in a position of worshiping God in the presence of God. That can be a detriment. I'm not saying now that you start, oh, the ones that they never take notes. You see, man, I told you. <laughs> you see, those nerds. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, be careful. This is not an educational uh, act. This is a worship act in the presence of God. And we want our hearts to be engaged. It's the supremacy of Christ in preaching. He has put this moment to be supreme in the, in the life of believer. It's the lifeline. And it's something that we need to get to the finish line. You have to see Second Timothy. That's what Second Timothy is about. He wants Timothy to get to the finish line. And he wants us to get to the finish line. And finishing the book, he's saying, to be faithful, preach the word. So we need it. We need it. Brothers and sisters, I, I know in the time that we live and things like that, but we need to like, concentrate or plan our weeks for this moment. This is, the, this is the moment of the week that we're waiting for because we are going to encounter God together as, as his people in a special way. The presence of God is, 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 is more real when his people are together. Think about this. If you look around in the Bible, not around, but through the Bible, you can go like around, but I guess. If you go through the Bible... Where is God present in his temple? God is present in his temple. You see that in Eden. Eden was a temple and God's presence was there. You saw that in Sinai. That was a temple and God's uh, presence was there. In the tabernacle. Then in the temple, the presence of God for the people of God was there. Then was in Christ when he came to earth. But when Christ died and ascended... The presence of God is in his church. And we have such an individualistic mindset that we don't see that in the New Testament, when he talks about the temple being the, the people of God, he's talking mostly in a plural way. In Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also are built, being built together into a dwelling place of, for God by his Spirit. We are the dwelling place of God. So when we come together, the presence of God is in his temple. He's here right now, brothers and sisters. Do not believe that your individual spirituality is more important than the corporate one. Your individual spirituality, what you do at your home to prepare your heart to grow in godliness, is for the benefit of the corporate experience. Because we experience the presence of God in the most real way in this, uh, in this side of, of eternity when we are together every Sunday to hear God speak to us. Amen. So we are before God, brothers and sisters. Because the Word of God is alive, we give priority to the faithful, 
to faithfully proclaim the gospel because God is present to give us life. Preach the word before God. Number two, the way we preach. The way we preach. It's an important task as we are describing and this passage is describing. But preaching has certain components that are defined by God and we will go through them. Number one, we see the content of the preaching. Verse two, preach the word. Preaching, faithful preaching, is preaching the word of God. I remember one of the things when I moved to the States and started going to a sovereign grace church, and I was like struggling with a lot of things that people were preaching. Because I came from another Christian tradition, but one of the things that kept me coming and coming and coming again was that, okay, what he's saying is coming from that Bible. I couldn't, I couldn't fight with that. I was fighting with what I believed, but I couldn't fight with the reality that what people were preaching to me was coming from this book. So we preach, what we preach? The Word. We don't preach our ideas. We don't preach what we feel. We don't preach what we believe. We preach the Word. I, I, I love having, having like, uh, we, since we planted the church, I do a lot of uh, men groups. Actually, at uh, 2 p.m., I'm having a, a group before the service, and we're going to discuss some, some subjects. And I love doing, doing questions. And I, 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 I get a certain pleasure of this. Uh, it's kind of evil, but I get the pleasure. Uh, so somebody's asking, and somebody, I love when somebody say, you see, I believe. I love that. Because it gets me to say, you know what? I don't care what you believe. I really don't care. I care what the Word of God said. So tell me what the Word of God said. Don't tell me what you believe. Or when they tell me something and they say, you know, and, and tell me like a perfect systematic theological statement. And I ask them, okay, where is that in the Bible? Uh, 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 uh. I love that. <laughs> because we're good at those. But at the end, we preach the Word because the Word is what has the power of God. It's breath out of God. These are the, the, the exact words from our Creator. He's speaking to us. So that is why preaching has, to con has the content of the Word of God. We need to preach consistently. Be ready in season and out of season. And that's, that means that we do it for the long term. And so one of the things when we preach the word is that maybe you don't see, because we're not trying to manipulate and the preachers are not trying to manipulate, we don't see like what you could see like, like change like this, you know? People are like weeping after every sermon and people are coming out. and We preach in season out of season. We preach for the long run. It's the accumulation of the word of God in his presence that will change our lives. We preach pastorally. We reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Brothers and sisters, it's not a class. It has to have spiritual effects. There are moments to correct. And there's moments that the pastor here will stand and will say things that will be specific for you and don't get offended. Repent. <coughs> He said that because he knew what, was, what I'm going through. Yeah, that's his job. But if it's the word of God, don't run from it. Repent. Don't get offended. That's his call. He has to rebuke. 
There's moment to adjust a conscience that is getting off track. But there's also moments to give hope to exorcists. It has to be pastoral. That's one of the reasons that, that local churches are so important in this task. Pastors have to know their people. We, we have a, a Facebook Live thing going on in, in our church. And uh, we, we have the lowest quality kind of like camera. And I, I'm doing that on purpose. Because I'm not doing that to gain like an audience. I'm doing that to serve people that may be sick in our congregation that cannot make it to the service. So I don't want them to, to have this high quality resolution on my face, which most of them they don't want to see. Uh, I want them to be able to benefit when they are away. But I also don't want to give it so easy that people say, ah, I'm just going to watch it online. Because that's not the same. It is here with the people of God that God has, has brought you to be with, that the presence of God is more real. We need that pastoral component of the preaching. We preach with patience. We complete patience. That can be a temptation for the pastors to think people are not changing. But we have to trust when we stand here that the Spirit of God is the one that's going to change people. It's not us. And our preaching should reflect that. That we're trusting in the Word of God. And we preach for growth. He said at the end in teaching, and teaching is instruction. And instruction means that it will bear fruit. We're teaching in a way that people's life will give fruit. Brothers and sisters, at the end, what we need to proclaim is to proclaim Christ so we can be like him. So these are instructions for the pastor, but it's also instructions for you guys to appreciate what is the content of a God-glorifying sermon. And that you can thank your pastor for their faithfulness and be able to discern when you're hearing a sermon that is not faithful to the Word of God. Because remember, that was one of the things that Paul wanted to do, is to protect them from false teaching. And that's point number three, the reason to preach. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into we preach the truth so people can discern lies. Itching ears, that's, that's, that's interesting. I just spent a month with itchy ears. I got a flu thing in January 3rd. I ran a 5K and I was a little not wise and, and ran for like uh, the, uh, January 1st. I ran a 5K. Did very well. Uh, didn't have to say that, but I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> And I, I ran the next day, and I needed to rest, and my immune system went down and got kind of the flu thing, and something's going on after 40 years old that my ears are not like kind of uh, draining fluid well. Any, 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 any suggestions? Uh, Don't run two days in a row. Yeah, exactly, good. Yeah, I knew that one. I'm just a little stubborn. But I, I, I just spent, I, I went to two treatment of antibiotics, 
the whole month uh, for running a, a day extra. I, well, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that I had an itchy ear. And one of the things that an itchy ear does, because it's full of fluid, I couldn't listen to anybody that talked through this side. When you have an itchy ear, you cannot talk. And you actually, you know what happens? You hear yourself more. Because you're kind of like clouded, and you hear yourself more. So sometimes when you have an itchy ear, it's because it's not only you're listening to the wrong preacher. Sometimes you know who's the wrong preacher? You are the wrong preacher. You're listening and preaching to yourself and telling you myths and things that are not correct instead of having clear eyes, clear ears. I think we need to take, take some time, uh, uh, Sudafet, spiritual Sudafet, to open our, uh, our ears so we can listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Sometimes we come to sit in front of God in the preaching moment with our ears clogged. We don't want to listen. I don't want the pastor to tell me that I need to change. And we need to take this spiritual Sudafed so we can have ears that will listen to the Word of God when we are in the presence of God. Said so that people will not endure sound teaching. And what is sound teaching, brothers and sisters? Is the gospel. It's the reality that human beings resist time and time again, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Of a Savior. Remember this, we are here in danger of not finishing the race. Our Sunday service is of, of importance. And, and we, we, we may hear these lies when we have the itchy ears. Ah, Sunday is not, it's not that vital. The Lord, the Lord loves me. It's not that important for my growth. We, we, we can have each year and say, I serve the Lord my way. God love me as I am, so I can do whatever I want with my life. My question is, do I have itchy ears? That, that, that can be one of the biggest hindrances to finish the race when we start listening to ourselves and start listening to the Word of God. And let me tell you something. There's, some, there's a humility that we have to have when we come to this passage. Because many times we can be very confident in, 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 our, in our track record and say, you know, I have been a faithful Christian. I, I read all the David Paulison book and... Uh, you know, I, I, I listen to Piper, glory be to God. Uh, but if you finish Second Timothy, Paul will talk about people that at some point were faithful and has abandoned them. Has abandoned the cause. So that should give us a sense of humility that that can be us. Our ears can be clogged at any time. And that's what we need to keep our ears to listen, sound doctrine constantly, listen to the gospel, not get tired of listening to the truth that we need to be saved from the wrath of God. And God has done that to our Son, Jesus Christ. So we preach in the presence of God. 
Point number four, we preach faithfully. This is, this is the charge to Timothy. On verses 6 to 21, he will give examples of faithfulness for Timothy. But right now, Paul is telling him, you, Timothy, be faithful. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. He's telling him, Timothy, run the race to the end. He's telling him to be sober-minded. That's just to think clearly. And to think clearly is to be able to remember sound doctrine. He's reminding him that suffering will come and that circumstances will be hard, but to remain faithful in the proclamation of the truth of the Word of God. He's calling him to be an evangelist, and that is to preach the truth that God saves sinners constantly. Do, do not get tired of telling the truth, the reality that Jesus died to save us from the wrath of God. And he's telling him to do, fulfill your ministry. He's telling him, be faithful. Be faithful to the end. God has called you. Finish the wraith. Brothers and sisters, nothing should move us from the message. This is what we do. It's what God has called us and has called us to do it in His presence. Every Sunday, that is my hope, and I know that's the hope of your pastor, that He will be with us. If we stand here, if we sit here, and God is not with us, we are losing our time. So that's why we come here knowing with full faith that He will be here. And brothers and sisters, I know we come with different situations. I know we come with different circumstances. I know there's different things that are pulling our hearts to go in different ways. I know there's sickness. I know there's relational conflict. I know that there may be uh, 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 sadness, death in family. There's diff many different things. But when we come on Sunday, when you're driving from your home to here, you're reminding yourself, this is it. I'm going to meet my Savior. I'm going to meet my Creator. He will be there. He will speak to my heart. I know He's going to do it through some people that are like me, that are fallen, but He has chosen to do it this way. And His presence will be there, and my heart will be encouraged, and I will glorify my Savior. Let us have hope as we come every Sunday. Because we are doing it in the presence of God. Oh, we're grateful for Devon and Laddie. We're grateful for the people that came before us. That gave us the priority of proclamation. Biblical churches will not be built on programs. On a nice band. Or a famous singer. He's famous. On smoke and lighting, on a great website, it will be rebuilt on the proclamation of the word of God. Amen. Are you aware what we just experienced? This is not Joselo. You you need to go beyond the accent, beyond my flaws. Beyond, beyond Devil's flow, beyond Larry's flow, I think many times we have raised a culture of celebrities in the church. And, we, and, and, and it's great to have a, a preacher that you like, that you listen to him, but he's not your pastor. 
That podcast is not the same as sitting down with the people of God to receive the Word of God. This is where God meets you. Every week, right now, we are in front of the presence of God. And in His mercy, He's blessing us. He's not giving us what we deserve. So every Sunday, we come in faith. We come excited. We come attentive. We give first priority because God is going to speak. Because we are in His presence. And that's a consequence of the reality that He died for us so that we can experience His presence. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your mercy and Your kindness. Thank You that Your Word comes out of You. You breathe Your Word and give us life that we may have faith to know that when we are in front of You, You are here to bless us, encourage our hearts, remind ourselves of this reality, that we need you, and you have ordained that the main way to experience your nearness is with your people as we gather together to hear you speak to us. In your name we pray, and we're so grateful that you love us so much, that gave us Christ and gave us your word. In your name we pray. Amen.